Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we are on day 19, where we pray that you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. Back in seminary, I remember um, this one seminar that I had that was most grueling and demanding, where we had to really dive into some primary sources um, not just scripture, but then also church fathers and papal documents and uh, thick, dense stuff, but also so good. And I had this one buddy that I would always study with. You had to read, you know, hundreds of pages each week and kind of synthesize it, analyze it, and uh, just a couple page paper. And so the the reading it thoroughly was really important. And I just remember looking over, we we would both be reading and taking notes, and he had this big old highlighter that he would use to read through his notes, and I would make fun of him all the time in charity. Uh, He was a good friend, but I would make fun of him because when you looked at his page that um, that he was working on, he had more things highlighted than he, that he did not highlighted. And I said, Alex, what are you, what are you doing? It's like, what, you're, you're highlighting the whole thing? They're supposed to highlight only the things that are most meaningful and powerful and insightful and, and that you need to be able to remember. He's like, Potter, Potter, I know, but it's all so good. It's all worthy of being highlighted. It's like, okay, fine. See how that helps you as you write the paper. Anyway, I thought of him because in this chapter, this day, I might as well have highlighted the whole thing. I just was really blown away at her insights into uh, the mystery of suffering and how Jesus desires to use suffering to go deeper, to love us and to show us just how present he is and how he desires union with us. So maybe you found that too, and I won't go and read you the whole thing, but as I've been inviting you throughout the whole thing to not be afraid to, to take some time and going back and rereading and, and praying through different things. Um, just as a heads up too for tomorrow, we're going to be, if you're going through with us in, in current time or whatever, but um, yeah, we're, we're going to be taking a, a one day break um, to get through the Sabbath and to really enjoy it. And if you need to catch up to, to be able to allow for that. Okay, this day, that you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. Suffering is a crazy thing, uh, a really interesting reality, one that no human person can avoid. Suffering is intense. Suffering is something that captures our entire person. Have you ever thought about how suffering is not just, oh, it's like my pinky that, that hurts. It's like it even the smallest affliction can really affect our entire mind and heart and soul. It's like it could, 
depending on what it is, like it can really draw us a lot to have give it attention and to worry about it. Um, it can really make us focus on our ourselves um, in so many ways. Have you ever noticed how in having some sort of affliction, how it's so easy to completely forget what it was like to be healthy and to not worry about that toothache or that knee pain or whatever. It's like, wow, what was it like just to be able to walk without just feeling every single step, the shooting pain up my side, whatever it is, you know? And um, yeah, so to really appreciate, there's so much to be able to talk about with suffering and just to be able to talk about um, how the Lord's inviting us to grow in trust through our suffering. On the first page of this day, 117, she says, and Jesus comes with the invitation to make our suffering illuminated with love, ultimately transforming suffering in this life to the invaluable union with God. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, that intimacy with him in our suffering likewise grows. He is with us all the while. Oh my gosh. Uh, I hope in, in all of this, right, that there's that you wouldn't hear from me uh, a diminishing of of suffering or or anything like like that. Uh, I hope to be able to hold up the mm, the real gravity that suffering is, and and just how the Lord can really give some individuals a lot of suffering. And I say this myself as one who's been given some suffering and also has been spared a lot of suffering as I've come to just be inserted in other people's lives and to see there are so many people who go through a lot of a lot of suffering. Isn't it interesting how some people, you know, suffer publicly, noticeably, you know, exteriorly, and there are others who suffer interiorly um, in ways that are hidden and I don't necessarily know which one's worse, you know. Um, I've heard it said that if we were to gather all the people in the world and have their sufferings revealed, we would all still pick our own. That we all have suffering, real suffering, that is so particular to us. And some have suffering that's visible or and noticeable. Other people's are completely hidden. And yet there's just something that uh, to see another person, it's like, oh, I would never want that. Uh, so to kind of appreciate, right, that suffering is interesting, that the Lord allows it, allows it, right, permits it, doesn't intentionally choose it or want it, but um, in a way it has kind of fit the sufferings that we experience to each one of us and to be able to bring about something greater, and so to, to just uh, appreciate that there's an invitation in this. There's an invitation. So I've been really inspired by, a, you know, a lot of people that have come to meet. One woman in particular, uh, I came to bring her communion and just ask her about her own situation. And she was beautifully open and vulnerable and tell, telling me about her uh, neurological suffering. You know, she has um, nerve damage and suffers with chronic pain, 
constantly, all the time, and sometimes so intense, just like this deep burning, tingling, and there's just nothing that she can do. Um, and she was explaining to me how in one of the therapy sessions that she had been going through to try and cope with it, that her therapist was talking to her about the difference between pain and suffering, pain and suffering. And for me, this was fascinating because I kind of use these interchangeably all the time. It's like, yeah, the pain and suffering, um, is awful or a lot, but she was explaining the difference, right? Pain is the actual affliction, whether physical or mental, emotional, spiritual pain is the actual affliction, um, that we experience, but suffering, she was saying is our relationship to the pain suffering, um, is our relationship. So, uh, kind of our, our attitude or disposition towards that pain such that we can have this pain. Here it is. Like I, I feel it. I can maybe see it. It's acute. It's noticeable. Um, but what's the suffering? What is the suffering? And, and that's where, um, you know, there's, there's like an actual engagement. There's an empowerment to it. And she beautifully has this great faith that she said, you know, Father, spiritually, I just see that as the invitation to see how the Lord's inviting me to unite it to him on the cross, right? That, that the suffering could be in vain. It could just be meaningless or the suffering can be filled with this union with him. That this is why ultimately uh, Jesus allows for suffering such that we can grow in our relationship with Christ and have intimacy with him so that we can be united to him. It's this recognition that he's with me in it all. Um, a lot of people I know have just really prayed for healing in, in their lives, experiencing the suffering that they go through and the difficulties. And, and a lot of times there's the, the prayer, Lord, just take it away, take it away, lessen it. Um, whatever, you, whatever you have to do, Lord, please just heal me, free me from this. And there's something really incredible about our faith, our church, you know, that one of the promises that Jesus gave us was that I will be with you always until the end of time. Uh, another promise that he gave us, little, little known or little acknowledged, is that in this life, says Jesus, you will have difficulty, <laughs> like you will have suffering, Um is another way to translate that, right? Like, you will have difficulty. Sometimes we ask this question, like, why do bad things happen to good people? And that's not an illegitimate question, but it's really not one that people, biblically speaking, ask. Even in the book of Job, there are hundreds, thousands of questions that are asked in between Job and his wife and his buddies who come and these different interlocutors and they ask a lot of questions about suffering. And one that they don't ask ever is, why do bad things happen to good people? That there's almost this understanding that to live means that we're going to suffer. That there's no escaping it. Because this world, this life is, is broken, there's going to be suffering. But then there is this like, so what do I do? How do I engage it? Where do I find meaning in it?
And so this promise that the Lord gives us, I will be with you always until the end of time, is really made concrete and fleshed in the Eucharist. And so to think about this promise that you are with me in my suffering is really culminated culminated in the, the Eucharist. That whenever I come to, to pray, no matter what I experience, no matter what I, I feel like, I feel like, Lord, you've abandoned me or feel like you want nothing to do with me and my suffering or that you would allow this, that that means you don't care. Whenever I as a baptized Catholic Christian go up and to receive the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, I'm given this truth, like it or not, if it experience it or not, this truth is that Jesus is with me. He's in me. Uh, couldn't be more close, closer to me this side of heaven. Receiving the Eucharist is the closest we will come to heaven while we're alive. That's, that's what that is, right? And so, yeah, that, that reality of that you are with me, Lord, the Eucharist reflects that powerfully. I hope you got a lot out of um, St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross and her story. To, for her, as a, a Jew who was struggling with her own faith and got into some philosophy, phenomenology, her, her main like, conversion point was experiencing someone who was suffering joyfully. This was on page 118. I just was really blown away by this. Here's what she says. It was my first encounter with the cross and the divine power that it bestows on those who carry it. For the first time, I was seeing with my very eyes the church born from its redeemer's sufferings, triumphant over the sting of death. That was the moment my unbelief collapsed. End quote. Right. That she had encountered Christ present in the sufferings of her friend who was suffering joyfully. And so what she discovered, as Sister Faustina says, is that without Christ's triumph over suffering and death on the cross, we would have been left hopelessly alone to suffer the devastating effects of sin. But with his dying on the cross, he now stands in the midst of every sorrow, offering the strength he won on the cross to transform it to a place of eternal love. This is just um, really everything, right? Um, at the very end of, of this section on page 20, I just want to jump to like, here's kind of where she sums it all up. It's like, I'm not just highlighting, highlighting. At the very end of this section, top of page 120, she says, trust receives suffering as Jesus is longing to be with me. Right? That because Jesus Christ suffered on the cross and was victorious over it, he now is able to enter into every sorrow, every pain that humanity will now experience. And I would argue, too, that he actually, because of his divine nature, gives access to redemptive suffering, meaning and suffering, even to those in the Old Testament as well, right? That, that those suffering, those afflictions have meaning. This is why Jesus Christ in the Friday, the Saturday after Good Friday goes down into the realm of Hades or the dead 
to go back and to tell all the way back to our first parents, Adam and Eve, your suffering, your pain was not in vain, <laughs> right? Like it wasn't meaningless. No, actually it has uh, paved the way for the Redeemer. Oh, happy fault. Do we sing at Easter time in the exalted? Oh, happy fault that one so glorious a Redeemer. So to say that trust receives suffering as Jesus is longing to be with me, this doesn't mean that Jesus makes us suffer. Um, he doesn't want us to suffer or choose it. But because of the cross, he's actually anticipated, he's actually gone ahead and already shown that he wants to use it for relationship, for intimacy with with us. And so that we might be able to, to see, right, in the, his acceptance of the cross, that he wasn't a victim there. He wasn't held against his will. No, the God who created everything out of nothing, who actually created the wood that he was placed on, the nails that were holding his body against, he created all of it, sustains it in being. If at any point he wanted to be free from it, he could have. And yet he willingly allowed himself to be nailed on the cross to show us that he's not afraid of suffering. He's not afraid of our suffering, your suffering, and what you're going through. Can we accept that? Can we accept that? Can we accept that the heart of our God is one that wants us to open up our hearts to him, especially in our moments of suffering? On page 119, Sister Faustina says, The heart of one who trusts the presence of Jesus in suffering engages the power of his cross, which frees us from burdens that we were never intended to carry and strengthens us to carry those that remain with love and even joy. Love and even joy. So I've, I've heard it, it said um, like this. I, I love this, and I, I use this all the time. Christ didn't suffer so that we don't have to. Christ suffered so that we are able to. Do you get that, right? This is the, the very heart of redemptive suffering. I want to point you to a, a great quote of St. Faustina. She says, I see that God never tries us beyond what we are able to suffer. Oh, I fear nothing. If God sends such great sufferings to a soul, he upholds it with an even greater grace, though we are not aware of it. One act of trust in such moments gives greater glory to God than whole hours passed in prayer filled with consolation. End quote. How can that be true? How can one act of trust in moments of great suffering give greater glory to God than whole hours passed in prayer filled with consolation? Well, I think it has everything to do with the authenticity of love. That in our fallen world, that it's impossible to have true love without sacrifice. And and if and if I live in this place of consolation or gratification where I don't really experience a, a burn, then there's always this hesitation or skepticism or question, am I doing this really out of love or for selfishness? Right? Like if, if all I, I get out of God, um, whenever, you know, I'm serving him in my life or when I'm in prayer is just, I'm, I'm just receiving consolation 
there can be this question, wait, am I really loving God for him or am I loving God for the feeling? Am I loving God for this consolation? And so in this beautiful way that God allows there to be um, suffering across in our lives, it's this opportunity for us to show God that we love him for who he is and not merely for some grace or consolation or gift or satisfaction or insight or fixing of a problem, right? That, Lord, I love you for you. And as I choose to trust you in this suffering, I actually show you my heart, my heart that that believes in you and loves you for who you are and not just for for what you can do for me or, or, or the joy that you can bring. So redemptive suffering, I'd love to bring back the old offer it up. And that doesn't mean, you know, like the, I'll get over it. It's not a big deal. Stop whining. No, this real offer it up, you know, an invitation to be affirmed. Like your suffering is real and be present to it. Don't run, don't waste it and give it to the Lord. You know, like we, we need these real encouragements to, to see the cross as it really is. So often in our world today, we run from all pain. We run from the cross so often as if it's evil. We can just talk about pain as, as if it's just bad. And it's not, it doesn't have a moral quality. It's literally just a feeling. It's a feeling, right? So what do we do with it? Who do we bring it to? Who do we bring it to? It's an amazing thing in the... Um, gospel story that that she that she tells about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and this I had a a good friend of mine really talk to me about uh, this this story is about a, a lot of different things and one of them the the main themes of the road to Emmaus so this is after Jesus's passion and death and he has risen from the dead on Easter Sunday that morning he, he has risen from the dead and there's rumors about his resurrection, about how he appeared to some. And, and these two disciples who were with Jesus for portions of his public ministry and around Jerusalem for his passion and death um, are now leaving Jerusalem to go away. And they're disheartened, right? They're disappointed. And Jesus actually appears to them on this road. And, and there they're able to, to describe what happened. And and basically what's underlying this is that these disciples were disappointed with who Jesus ended up being. They're disappointed, right? It's not that they have a hard time believing in the resurrection or that they don't believe it. It it seems like he has risen from the dead. And yet that wasn't the way that they wanted him to do it. (laughs) That's not the way that they wanted Jesus to come and be the Messiah King to redeem them and to save them and to set things right. And so here they are walking away. It's like, ah, not what I wanted. (laughs) Right. Can you see that? That it was like, it was all about them and they didn't actually have a, a heart that was open to accepting the savior that Jesus really is at the, the very bottom sister Fasina gets this and and highlights it. Jesus is on the road with us, even if we are walking away from Jerusalem as these disciples were. He wants to hear from our lips the reason we too may doubt God when suffering hits. 
grappling with their disappointment, these followers of Jesus shared that their image of a Messiah was not one that suffered and died. Right? Like, that's it. Like, that's, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And, and maybe we too can say something as well. Like, Lord, we're, like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I was supposed to give you my life and everything was supposed to be, be good and you were supposed to like, protect me and deliver me. And here I am suffering. And Do you even care? Or do, do you even notice? And so, again, this focus then is on us in our own expectations and our own demands for who God is supposed to be and how we want him to, to act. And so trust, right? Trust receives the suffering with an openness to how God wants to bring us closer to him as a reflection of his desire for more of my heart, for a purification so that I can more completely submit to him. Against our own fear or doubt that that God could really be with us in our suffering, Sister Faustina says that the true Messiah was with his people and for his people, necessarily in the place of suffering, to free them from the inside out. In bearing our infirmities, as the suffering servant prophecy in Isaiah foretells, he is with us and victorious. In the end, I actually don't know what could be more beautiful, right? For Jesus to be able to look at us and to see us in our suffering and just to let us know, I'm not afraid. I'm not overwhelmed. This isn't too much for me. I don't know if you've ever been there with a a close family member or friend. I think to my own shame, many of us can say that we've been there. Or being confronted with someone's suffering, it's... um, it's almost too much for us, and, and so we, we can distance ourselves from them. It's too overwhelming. It's too much to get into, uh, too sticky or too demanding. And Gosh, and this isn't a judgment on any of us, right? But just to appreciate that our Savior, Jesus, is never overwhelmed. He's never outdone and encouraged to really stand before us, um, and to continue to love us and suffer with us, which is just, yeah, as I'm proposing, I think that's the most beautiful thing. So I love some of these invitations and just to encourage you to, to spend time with it. The, that first invitation, she asks, what is my image of a Messiah, a Savior of God? That's a great question to ask. Do I have this image of God that says, no, 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 the, the, the real God wouldn't allow us to suffer. The good, the good God that I know, he wouldn't allow this to go on. He, he would actually do something. And, and again, it's not to say that like injustices aren't frustrating or infuriating or um, don't make sense. And yet what's our image of God? Like, do we really, can we not accept the Messiah that is Jesus that shows us he's with his people and not just to like end it all. I love the the last invitation too. And it's the invitation to have a crucifix in my room or um, I'll never forget going to confession one time and this priest gave me a little pocket crucifix. 
It says the next time you're going through a hard time, the next time you're struggling, just reach into your pocket and cling to the crucifix. Allow that to be the source of grace. Allow that to be the reminder of how the Lord's with you, right? This isn't a denial of the resurrection to say, no, we just love suffering. We love pain. It's, it's not that um, as, as if the resurrection didn't happen, but it's to have what we're going through affirmed as, as worthy of being united to the cross and not to forget how the Lord is just pursuing us to really entrust our, our hearts and our, our sufferings to him with great confidence and great trust. With that, let's pray. Pray, offering up our, our hearts, opening them once again to his merciful love and the designs of his heart to lead us closer to him especially through the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The litany of trust. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me, Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me, Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you that you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you, that you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you, that you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you, that my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you, that you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you, that you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you, that I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.